here to keep it from going off the rails. Okay, right. I'm leaving. I'm taking yeah. day off. I'm fairly confident that I that I recommended maybe not that bike <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. George is back as a cholo. You waited all through all those commercials just to see this. Yeah. Yeah, can't, can't button get, it. Can't get it buttoned his neck's too next too thick. You know they say there's a direct correlation between the thickness of your neck and your waist. Yeah. That's how I try in pants. It's, it's not thick. your waist, it's thick. Yeah. There's a correlation between the other neck. Brain, it's my brain cells. The other neck and head. Ricky doesn't even know what I do. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a mystery to me too. <laughs> Logan is fat. <laughs> That's how we start the show. I'm going to start pushing those buttons. Those are cool. No, don't touch anything. Like, it's literally a shit show. It's been Hi, called my, it before. My uh, name's Logan. Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is episode number 220. My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm joined tonight by uh, a few people's favorite co-host. Not many, but a few. No, my following's pretty big. You, you, how many people in the class this weekend were talking about me? In a good way or a bad way? Well, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. clicks. It's, yeah, that's right. Irreverent. As long as, long as yeah. they spell your name correctly. So, uh, yeah, show 220. Um, we got some people in the chat. Of course, George was the first person to get in the chat. Wanted to be there. We got Gronk. We got Mark Daniels, who made it this week. He's got four tacos and one beer. I have absolutely zero beers. You tried to quit, sort of. Tried. Throttled it back. I'm successful. But I'm you said you created junk that they can't see it's important it's this is how we do this show and and you when you walked by the the camera you see you messed it up it should be over a little bit but that's okay we won't use that hopefully the the uh the feed is actually coming through you getting it alan okay we're, we we I made some adjustments. I fixed some things. It shouldn't be as bad as last week, but um, this could be the last ever episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Do you know this? Yeah, sure. I mean, it could be. Could be at any at any point because I I I currently uh, yeah I currently have no more commitments. I'm not bound in any way to do this show any longer. Except wait, the, how were you bound the, at this point? Had advertisers. Advertisers that I had contracts with that uh, they they they've essentially oh they ran out they, they've all I've I've they let them all out. well a lot of them have, I let them go and they just went they just they were getting free advertising basically there's one that I have that I've I've actually have the signed I O on it and it's going I just haven't billed for it so what's an I O uh, insertion order is what it's called so it's, it's a magazine term I'm from that that era but it's not something you need to have somebody sign on a date or something no I now I have to start sending invoices but. So, but I had to keep going because I had to send the damn shirts out. The oh. shirts were the, the shirts could have been the last straw and they, they, they almost, it might've been the straw that broke the camel's back. It could have, could have been because this guy, 
So there's this guy, and he was supposed to be in charge of advertising. So he wasn't doing his job in the advertising department. And since he's like wasn't also doing very good, the shipping guy went riding, and then the the ad guy didn't do his job, and then he started pouring cement or some crap, and then he's complaining about having to do riding schools all the time. Well, I think you're really liberal about your time off policy because I know that guy's going skiing tomorrow. Right? I'm leaving. I'm taking a day yeah. off. Yep. Or two. That or guy's sitting right next to me. That guy. So somebody made a pretty funny comment tonight. They said, if you want to see two Asperger's sit and make fun of each other, tune into Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. And I think you're the that ass and I'm the burger. But Okay. <laughs> they, they, that guy actually said that in person to our face. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So our good, good. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, my new good buddy, Hose B. Yeah, Hose B. Uh, okay, this show would not be possible without the help of all of our sponsors, which currently I'm I'm actually going to keep courting them because I might send them some invoices here really soon. Uh, Yamaha Takomoto. By the way, Takomoto is hiring. If you're looking for a job, I might be looking for a job. I might be down at Takamoto trying to it's sign. It's a lot up. easier to make a living doing that than probably being, you just know. sign up. I could I could probably I wonder if I could work remote where I don't actually work. Where I just like pretend like I'm working. Yeah, there's plenty of there's there. a whole generation of people trying to They're do doing that. that. One. I know I had some before. Uh, Scott Sports Climb. You know why it's so cold in here, Jim? Because you have your climb shirt. Because I'm wearing this nice cozy climb flannel. This, this that's stuff. a climb flannel. That's this, yeah, and I said you could get one, and you delayed in getting me back your response. And I, I gave you my response. I wanted the $2,400 snowmobile sh suit. I thought that was casual yeah, climb. with boots and helmet. Uh, but I'm wearing climb. We're both wearing climb hats. Yeah. I wore climb for the you last four that, days. You stole that because out, of my, uh, out of my supplies no, for No, Carrie school. had this one, actually. Okay. So. Yeah. Climb I DDC. stole it before. I did steal it. Trail Tech. We had, uh, we had um, Spencer from Trail Tech. He was so handsome. Last week that he broke the cameras in Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Uh, Fast Company. I got a notice that something was coming from Fast Company, and then it said it wasn't company coming, which really bummed me out because I, I I'm hoping to get another set of bars here real soon. Uh, bulletproof Designs and, of course, Double Take Mirrors. You can click through and support us on our Rocky Mountain uh, ATVMC link and our Amazon link. The easiest way to do that is just go through the go through the website where all the awesome stuff is, and uh, or you can just uh, go to JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. If you're a female, we have a female. We have a girls class in March, and then it's in like April, March 14th, maybe yeah, something like and that. And then in, and then in April we have a regular class. If you want to become a better rider, I know how to help make that happen. That's that's. I'll have to do those because I've already signed people up. So might just go skiing the rest of my life. You just never know. Um, Mark Daniels. That's who I met, right? Uh, you met, no, you met Dave Donnelly. Dave. Okay, Dave yeah. is in the chat. Uh, Dave. Kirk from Council, Idaho. He got his two T-shirts and stickers today. Hope it wasn't too much a pain in the ass. It was. It was a pain in the ass. And in fact, I, I dropped a little note in each one that told them what a pain in the ass it was. Because I'm just honest. Hmm. I, I said, I hope they enjoy the shirts as much as it was a pain in my ass to get them to them. And 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 it, and I'm pretty sure it was a net negative. Like, it ended up being about a net negative $1.50. Each one of those shirts literally cost me about $26 by the time they were shipped out. I think when I kind of finally did the, the whole math. 
Well, that guy doing the math is just as screwed up as a guy shipping them, so I don't know that I believe that. <laughs> oh, I did the math. That's right. That's why. It, it was, you it don't was, want to make money. You're just you're just one giant charitable contribution. It was, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving. I'm doing. I, I'm doing my restitution for two hours every Tuesday night on this show, and I feel like I've done enough. So uh, from Council Idaho, two shirts. Good. Um, last show was Kirk. only a point five. Gronk. I'm gonna get mad at you Canadians again. I, and then the shirt. I thought he was an Australian or something. I'll t- no, Gronk's Canadian. What part of Canada? It's underground. That's all the same. Just dirt. It's all it's just underground. Mm-hmm. The, the the Australian guy. So there's one Australian guy that got in below the below the thing. He honestly, <laughs> he he before I realized how much international shipping was, it cost forty three dollars <laughs> to ship that shirt down there. So I threw a couple in there. I shipped them yeah, down there. Yeah, they're probably going to bang you for some kind of duty, too. No, no, no. Importing to, costs and so taxes. Anyways, so I sent it. He, he honestly, he got the notification because he got an email notification about it. And he's like, hey, I want to pay for that shipping. I want. He literally yeah. wanted to pay. And I told him, no, don't worry about it. People want to send you money, but you just throw up the blocks. I think. The roadblocks. Yeah. I think I should, on the bottom, instead of having, like, dirt bike test and all those logos, it's just as of my PayPal thing. Just Do you know Gronk? He's pretty active in here. Are we sure he's not AI? No, he's real. He's a real have you met him? Yeah, he 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 hates he hates uh betas. Um no I haven't met him and he, he has he likes KTM five twenty fives. Hmm. I think. He sent he sent in a Rooster Endo bike too. We've seen his bikes before, but it's like the, the, yeah, he's what else are you gonna do in Canada? They get they get Wi-Fi reception down there, so you can watch this. Um, no glass, no beers, a glass of Milagros tequila. So um, it's good. Um, looks like you're eating a Dixon, Jimmy. No, this is a Klein uh, flannel. Eating a Dixon? What is it? A, a Dixon is a flannel company. They make flannels. And you're eating it. Well, that's what he says it looks like it, because I'm wearing such a nice flannel. But this is a Klein one. Uh. I'd rather eat a climb. Okay? I'm a little slow. You, you eat your Dixon, and uh, I'll uh, do this wearing. Yes. Council Idaho. Got it. Good. Kirk. Right. Um, Wait. You flick that thing too fast. You just worry about the stuff that you're going to have to read on this. Why don't you read Tricks off? Tricks or off? You're Roger. Hard, you're hardly going to have to do anything because I, since I'm not drinking, there's just nothing to Just keep it to, moving, Jimmy. Keep it moving. I'm here to keep it from going off the rails. Okay. Um, What's tricks? Speak of climb, any rep- recommendations on summer riding gear for ADV-style riding in the Southwest? Uh, Roth, that's a really good question, actually, because a lot of people instantly want to go vented. They want to go fully vented gear. And climb makes some stuff that's literally like wearing a, a mesh net. All the ADV companies have that kind of stuff. But the problem with that is it's going to dehydrate you. It's going to dry you out when you're when you're uh, riding with that stuff. So the good thing about some of the other climb stuff is they have stuff that has big vents. So the, 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 the average stuff, like I think my my go-to adventure stuff is Latitude. I think Mine's it's Badlands, Badlands for a bit. But if I, was dr- if I knew I was dry climate down there... I think the pants I always wear, like in the classes here, mm-hmm. are Mojave, I think. And they're vented. They're not super, super huge vented, but right. they're vented in the thighs or something. Yeah. And and he, when he says adventure gear, there's a whole nother level. I pretty much wear dirt bike gear the whole time. So I wear the Mojave stuff all the time. And uh, and then when it's when it's not super dry and not super hot, um, at night I'll wear the, the Mojave stuff, which is the super vented mesh 
stuff. But um, yeah, um, Mojave gear for hot weather is what Impaired says. Uh, but I, I'm I don't always go to I I don't always go to the uh, to the uh, I I like the Dakar before the Mojave. For, for the reason that I just said that I can control the venting and if it's if it, it allows me to sweat a little bit and not completely dry out. So it looks like our buttons are pushed, things are working. Um, uh, Gronk says on terrible. He lives in Ontario. 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 Yeah. Oh, and he's a Radic guy. Yeah, he knows Radic. So uh, Connor Steele, Jimmy, are you going to the SoCal rally? Mm, probably not. Not gonna go to the SoCal rally. Um, and Dave Donnelly, happy to get my Tech Talk Taco Tuesday shirt. You know, with Dave, I just walked it across the street and left it at the winery because I guess he has a drinking problem too because he goes to the winery two times a week. Oh, he does. Yeah, huh. yeah. It was it was easy. I didn't have to ship that one. So he 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 let he he went the the he saved me that little bit of of price gap there. So did I. I got two shirts and I just yeah picked them stole up here, them right off the floor. Um, Harlan Miller, good riding around council. Um, that's true. Bill and got my shirts and stickers. Thank you very much, and I appreciate it. And Mark says the sound is good. Thank you guys for uh, checking in and uh, doing that. Um, what else do we have? We have questions. I was going to go straight to the questions. This could actually be a pretty short show. I didn't prepare much. I was going to talk about... Uh, I was going to talk about... Oh, this this new thing I got. So some of the stuff that we're testing... Um, I tested a KTM 300. Here's the here's the piston right here. See, the camera is even. Oh, that's right my now. piston, right? No, this is my piston. I did one. When? The a KTM 300. I I ran it out of oil. The one that I endoed. Yeah. That yeah. that 24. Maybe that's why it ran out of oil. This is interesting. Oh, now I can blame somebody See else the besides blame. myself. Yeah, you remember all the oil everywhere, huh? Oh, yeah. I thought it was all plastic. Oh, well, yeah. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, you smashed the headlight, and the, and the headlights are back order and stuff like that. So here's here's what happened, and, and it is on it is on me because so ever since I've had that bike, the oil tank sensor light has been out. And I'm going to talk about the 300s. We have a Beta 300, and we have a KTM 300 that we're doing long-term testing on. So we're actually taking them and riding them quite a bit, using them for what they're intended for, and getting a feel for these bikes unlike most of the people just ride them for you know i picked up a test bike from another magazine you guys rode it the ajp yep jim loves it you couldn't get him off of it i know i only it's, got it's, to ride it when we dried it at the end of the day hey that bike was tested at another magazine you want to guess how many how much how much it had on it in kilometers because it was in kilometers it's got 0.6 kilometers on it 30 Six kilometers. Oh, yeah. That's a good test. 36 kilometers on it. They rode the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. has over 200 on it now. That's like 25 miles, right? Yeah, it'd be more like 20, but yeah. They rode it 20 miles. Wow. And, and we gonna, did 200 yesterday just screwing around and on our little ride. And you're going to read... No, actually, because of the speedometer problem on that thing, oh. it's actually inaccurate. So... Judging by how this speedometer is working and how many kilometers we got on it, because it actually probably only had about 120 kilometers from us, and it's like doubled. If they put 10 miles on that thing, I'd be surprised. 
Anyways, that's too bad. Trust your editor. But they got sources. the clicks. Well, I I think you know if you push that bike around, you feel how heavy it is, and you kind of like you look at it, it looks pretty cool. You push it around, I'm like I don't know about this thing. You ride it, you go put it a little bit. It's like a big like I don't want to ride this thing. You know, it's if you're if you're into riding race bikes and stuff like this other thing is they actually this 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 particular magazine likes to have somebody take a bike and put all kinds of aftermarket stuff on and then talk about how rad it is. Okay. So, um, normal. But uh, back to the KTM 300. So we're we're te- we're doing a long term test on it, and the so ever since I had the bike, the the oil tank light has been intermittent or always on, and I've I've overfilled Way that over. oil yeah. thing like six times now because you can't see the oil in the oil tanks. Oil injected. It's a KTM 300 XCW. There's a tank in the in the subframe, and you fill it up right by the the by it's by the gas cap. It's right below the steering stem. That's where you pour the oil in. And you, you, if you're pouring it in, unless you're pouring it in really slow, it comes up really quick and just overfills. And I was because the light was on, I was constantly overfilling and overfilling it to make sure that I didn't run it out. And so we were doing a, a long ride the other day after you. Smash the headlight on it, mm-hmm. which means it, in order to, and that's the only thing you really broke on it. Was headlight just, mask, just, just yeah. the headlight mask. So, so in order to do that, George, you had to get that bike upside down, and that oil in that tank can, because that that cap is actually a little bit vented. That's how the oil can drain down inside there. How long was that thing upside down for? Not very long because when it went on its nose like that and on my back with the seat, see, I went off that so perfectly straight. Uh huh. That's why only the headlight mask hit because the front wheel was, you know, perpendicular. Right. So it went over, hit my back, and then it fell on its side. Okay. And it shoved my pistol into my thigh, and I still have a bruise here that I should show you. All right. No, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Remember, you're the burger and I'm the ass. And then I wrote it how long after that? Like with the oil. So the oil all spilled out. No, no, but no. It did, it did so happen. now is my refurbished so, so cylinder sure on this bike? I'm, nope. Oh, okay. It's a wholly different cylinder. Yeah. That motor is, is quite a bit new. And this is the reason I wanted it. I So I told, I, after I got you know got the bike from KTM, and they know like, oh, he'll, he's going to keep it for a while. I said, hey, can you send me a, a top end kit? Some of the stuff was back ordered, so it took a little while. And I need the oil pump, and I need the the oil sensor light, and a couple other little parts. And then, then after you wrote it, I called him and said, "Hey, can I get a headlight mask?" Right. Uh, and then I feel pretty good about busting so, the headlight mask since you seize the thing. <laughs> so then we went on we went on a long ride, and since I, had, you know, the, you guys have probably took it and you put what maybe a tank of gas through it at most. Right? Not even that. Right. So. I had just filled it up, so I'm like, no problem. And we went out and we did one of our big tank rides, but we carried gas. And so, lo and behold, on the way back, um, we're riding down a road going about 50, 60 miles an hour. We kind of, we were kind of mostly done with the ride, and we were really low on gas. I mean, we were eking it in. In fact, both of the two strokes, that and the beta, ran out of gas on the way back in. So we're coming down that we're just kind of going down this road, just you know half throttle or something like that i'm just riding along and it it started tying up it went like that and you know i i'm like oh it's running i figured it was getting lean and running out of gas kind of thing and then i was like no it's more pull the clutch in right away just went stopped 
you know, coasted to a stop, and I'm like, it ran out of gas, got lean, and seized. And there's no way it ran out of oil. Because I know that my, my 300 takes like six. Running out of gas, it seized? Well, I've had bikes that have run have seized while they run out of gas because they get really lean. Carbureted bikes. I haven't done it in a fuel-injected bike, so I figure... Well, with I, these new bikes, shouldn't it still be pumping oil in there? Because it's not if, oil or if, is it gas and the oil mixed there's mix oil somewhere. in the tank, the, the oil yeah. is independent. But like, the oil, so I thought we covered that. Yeah, it, it was would full still, of oil. Yeah, it would still be pumping oil in there, but it would get extremely lean if it ran out of gas, and it could potentially seize. I don't know if it would be uh, as drastic as a carburetor. But anyways, that's what I thought. I figured since I knew we were really low on gas, I figured it ran out of gas. I'm like, you dumbass, you should have, you know, you should have been going down the road that fast or whatever. And then, and then I look in the tank and lo, there's gas. And those things are known to run out before they completely run out of gas. The fuel pump is a little bit high. And so I'm like, maybe it did that, but I'm looking at the fuel pumps under and I can, I can tap the starter and it's turning over, but pretty freely. And I'm tapping the starter and looking at it. Of course, the oil light's on. It's been on the whole day. It's been on since... So zero. what happened? Let me keep you on the rails here so we can move this story along and talk about ran out the oil. next bike you screwed up. Yeah, it ran out of oil. How'd it run out of oil? From when to when? Because there was no oil in the tank. Well, when I got on it that day, we, we were talking about that, and you said something about it being full, but I, I had poured... Probably six ounces of oil in there because I knew that would be more Did than you what I would use. Did you fill it too? No, oh, no. Okay. And then you walked up and you said, "No, it's it doesn't need oil." And I'd already just, you know, did the old Jimmy premix, but probably like six ounces because I go, "That's it's not going to use six ounces in our little ride." Right. Okay. So, so I don't know what the oil thing was, unless the tank broke and it, but there's no so signs it was, of it like leaking. It was full. But anyway, so that light didn't work, and so because the light didn't work, I figured, you know, yeah. And it's a lot smaller than the than my 300, and so we probably put four tanks of gas through it in that day. And I'll give you this: you got people riding bikes and stuff, so it's not like right. It's your bike, and you know, oh gee, I've gone on five tanks yeah. of gas and i put oil in it right so yeah we went through five tanks of gas and sure enough uh, it ran out of oil and it did a little four corner seizure thank god i felt it and i didn't just keep on the so i don't know why but i was thinking this because i think i got on that so, bike to run it up the road and, and dry it off and i was thinking you know what i could come in past jimmy and i could just start to drag the back brake you know in gear and i could act and then just go and then shut it off and jimmy would go he sees that bike up. <laughs> yeah, so I spent a lot of time. That's what I do. So I, I, pulled, I pulled it apart. It left a little bit of aluminum on the on the cylinder. I was able to sand it. I thought I was going to have to ask them for a cylinder, and they're back ordered as well. But I was able to sand it all out. There's one little minor scratch in there, probably from like where it got. You know, you can see here where it kind of compressed the ring, but it's it's minor. You know, I would, I would go. Yeah, that's nothing I, like mine. I, I would, did mine right. Yeah, you got yours the whole. You you got it all the way around. This is just the corners. So yeah, I was able to put it back together and things fine. Works works fine. I wanted it. I, I was planning on doing a top end because I wanted to see what it looked like at you know fifty hours, forty five, fifty hours, whatever it was. I just want to see what the piston looked like. I want to see how easy it is to do. Which is some stuff's really easy. Some stuff's a little bit more difficult. In fact, the hardest thing to do on that motorcycle and changing the top end was disconnect the fuel line. Just where it is. Is it a different getting, one or it's just no, hard? No, just the location. Just where it is where my fingers were. It was like literally that was the hardest thing. The power valve. There's a really simple reset thing. You, you know, you plug the the 
the uh, priming tool in there and you hold the throttle halfway open and it goes doo, 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 like it resets the power valve and i i checked the power valve to make sure it was all free and moving and you know, scroll took, took scroll up a little so we can see if anybody's count uh commenting on this thing um We'll check on that. Okay. So anyways, let me, so, so yeah, I put it back together. And so everybody's, oh, you're just bashing. But what I found out, and this is the biggest thing, is that these pistons are definitely not made of, uh, of clay. Remember? How do you know? Well, I, I bit it. Uh, I, I chewed on it a little bit. But it's not yeah, made but would you, if it's compressed enough, it might turn to aluminum. Yeah, because I read, you know, I read on the internet that they were made of they're made of clay. It's not made of clay, and to be able to seize a bike and put it back together with just a piston is pretty good. There, there's there's some stuff that, that that KTM is doing really good. I mean, just the packaging and how everything's shrinking and and uh, stuff like that. But and don't think that you know that headlight show was a. Uh, Little brittle. They're actually, the hand guards. Oh, you did. You did the. You did a number on the hand guards. I had to replace the hand guards with some nice attributes. You blame me for whatever. You're blaming me for the pipe, but that was there when I left. Uh huh. Yeah, dented pipe. Both bikes came back with dented pipes. Both <laughs> two strokes came back with dented pipes. And uh, yeah, but like so, look. Learning. I'm learning about this bike, and then so they're like, oh, you know, what about you? Think, think the beta is the best thing ever. Well, guess what? Our beta had some problems too. So our beta, someone went to adjust the spring preload. And they unscrewed the shock body from itself. Well, that's not good. You gonna blame us on that? No, that was somebody else did it. Oh. Somebody else back in California did this. Um, and then there's a couple. When we take these bikes out. Things. We're gonna have to do like a rental car. Go around it with a video, all four sides of the freaking thing. Someone did that in the. Uh, somebody did that in the uh, school this weekend. She was she good. Was concerned about. Yeah, it. she must know you. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blamatron. Yeah. Um, Ron Wilder got his shirts. Thanks, Ron. Ron was the big shirt order. He got he got the Ricky Brabeck signed shirt. He won it on the last show, even though the was he it was so was he in the thing? Was he did he show up in the chat or did you just break down and give no, it? No, I just decided that the person I, I said if he was gonna if he was gonna be in the show and watching the show, which he is now, he's making up for it. Um, he would he would win it, but he he ordered the most shirts. He ordered seven shirts, so I just threw an eighth one in there, and he's all good. But it has Ricky Brabeck's signature on it, which, you know, whatever that's worth. I got a truck full of monsters today, via Ricky Brabeck. Yep. Um, Steven S Stanton says, Jimmy, can you buy a new bike, not a new George? You can buy a new bike, not yeah. A new see, George. he's saying that I'm precious enough. I can't be replaced. Thank you. Who is it? There's get, a, there's get a his, line. There's get his info because he at, might be one of my six followers. At my gate right now, there's probably a line of Georges that want to come in here and be, you know, hang out with me. Like that guy this morning that, 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 uh, I was going to use a word that I'm going to refrain from using as far as, uh, he bought a bike for me, and then he doesn't didn't want the bike. Yeah, well, it happens. People change your mind. Yeah. So anyway. I have his money, except it's all gone. Because my finance guy... You had it. My finance guy was supposed to be working on this T-shirt project, and he screwed up so bad that he was kind of going underneath. And then he's he put all the money that he sold the bike to into this building that's over there that's laying on the ground. And that construction manager guy got all sidetracked working on somebody else's property. You're just taking you're, what you're doing. So with this recent thing with Trump where he's got to sell his... his uh, his uh, real estate assets. You're just in a position where you're taking advantage of that situation, and you're reinvesting in real estate. Correct? Your money's going into real estate. Your cash. 
Yeah, I'm, so I'm, st- I'm, that's definitely, all it is. I'm definitely stating that it's definitely overvalued, and I'm thinking about starting up a t-shoot, a shoe company, a, t- a, a, a sneaker company, I guess it's called. Because if Trump's doing it, there's big money in it, so I want to do that. Get a piece of it. Got to get into it. Um, George is a national treasure. That's what Taco Moto Co. says on their company account. Yeah, you know, I just talked to... Uh, hey, give hey, him another shameless why plug. Hi- why don't you hire him? TacoMoto.co is hiring, and if you can beat George down there tomorrow, because George is in the line... You're you get- close enough you should spell my name right, though. <laughs> but anyway, you're hiring, unlike Jimmy Lewis, who is just accepting all volunteers. Uh, but, no, uh, I... T- text Mike today asking about those little turn signals with a spring on them and he says they're going to be available they quit making them somebody bought the company it's sold okay. he's going to have them so okay. yeah he has he has lots of that stuff because I so. know somebody around here put a put a hopped up pipe on their bike and it just melted their little turn signal off well he did and I'm probably going to get yeah. a pipe like that just just like your your little pistol I bet George's pistol is tiny says Troy Hicks well, yeah. What you am can, I going to carry on the trail? You can dream. You can dream, Troy. Um, okay. So um, stick with the... Ron Hartle says, stick with the T-S-G-L-H-I-R-T-S. T-shirts is what he's trying to say, I think. But Is he, is he drinking? Know, there's no money in T-shirts. If you're doing it right, you never touch that stuff. They click, click. And the manufacturer, point of manufacturer, sends it out. And and Mike Pearson, who won last week's Roosterendo, which if we got a few more entries, we could have done a Roosterendo. Nobody knows who won because that cut off. On I know. The feed. I heard it got cut off last week. There's a question about that or a comment on it. Um, he he doesn't realize that he won with a quad. But you, you know, the feed didn't hmm. get cut off. There's a podcast version of the show. And you can listen to the whole show. Where we, we and we do a really good job of describing. And lose another what happen. thirty minutes of my life gone. I listen to these shows when I'm traveling. Usually, I, I try to forget them. That's why I record them so I can. You know what I like evidence. about? I was. It, this is honest. I the other day uh, I was going. What what do I like about being on Tech Talk? It's the only time you and I can sit down like this. And talk, because usually your head's down, you're grumpy, and you're doing this, and I'm trying to help, but it's not helping. So I just go away when we're around here in the compound. But we can I sit here. and You don't like riding with me. okay? So no, you, you, no, you that's you're, psycho. You're, you don't, you don't, yeah, you that's don't, just stupid. Don't yeah, do you don't it. Like that's riding crazy talk. Uh, you, uh, you, do you like to, well, both you and Jim like to come around and tell me how to do my job. You, you like uh, it's uh, no. I think we're more life coaches, life spiritual co- advisors, right? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you hold this up? So it was. Yeah, that was off the, on the floor of my car for a week or champion something. Champion of champions. Just but, let yeah. everybody know what I am. I, I can you I, zoom in on that? Uh, I will zoom in on that there in the guest camera. That Look you, at that. Just want everybody to know that I am legitimate. Yeah, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. He was on the inside. Uh, You'll also notice back here. When I was racing, Jimmy, I, I received the Racer of the Night uh, first place trophy, along with my uh, gold medal that dwarfs these, what are those things? ISD didn't finish or something? Yeah, ISD, I finished every one of them. Yeah. Uh, no drinking tonight, just tiny phone and big finger, says Ron. So, uh, okay. Uh, and forgive the spelling, George, says Takamoto. I'm just starstruck being a messenger on Jail's show. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, 
yeah, go go to tacomoto.co. I'm pretty sure they have their uh, job listing up there, or to go to their Facebook page, tacomoto. Uh, just tacomoto on Facebook. And what what kind of stuff is are they hiring for, Mike? Post just I post it up there. We don't have to talk I, about. I it. I saw the I saw the picture, and it it looked like you have to be able to uh, rewire an airplane. Like an inside of a of a commercial jetliner. That's what he's looking. Well, those for. are okay if you got it all sketched out on a board. And you just string <laughs> wires across it and solder and crimp. You still got to get that connector thing together, Mike. Yeah, the connector. And badge it as George, not Jimmy Lewis. You probably sell more of them. Okay, uh, let's go right into our questions, George. Let's, okay, let's so you there. put this. These, these questions are brought to you by Bulletproof Designs right now because uh, Bulletproof Designs makes these nice little doohickeys that will protect your chain guide from getting ripped off. This one's for a beta, and I need to put it on my beta so I don't rip my chain guide off. And who was it that told me to put radiator protectors on radiators before you bend them, and what happened this weekend? My wife. Yeah, she... Got a tip over on, what was that, a TTR 230 or WR, WR250F? Yeah, she hit a rock and, and coming down a steep down. hill. Yeah, and uh, kind of went into an embankment, and then she said, I think I did a boo-boo. And the good thing was the radiator just pushed right back. <laughs> it was the it was the hose coming out of it where the hose attached that that, that took the damage. And so if it hadn't flexed so far far back and hit the header, um, could have been. I got some tech list. talk we can talk about later if we got time. Okay. So you're talking about testing. You testing three. You want to talk so about testing, that really quick? So yeah, we're testing the three hundreds, uh, putting some time on them, seizing them up. You know, breaking shock bodies, uh, running them through tires, doing all the things. So we can give you the uh, the info and know a lot more about those bikes. Actually, I've got this new little thing. I'm going to try it on the KTM 300. It's the Nihilo Concepts makes this little, it's called a nano tuner. And I'm going to hold it up on your screen. I here. saw so that little button. It's this, it's this, um, this Nihilo, it's, it'll, it's a, it's a diagnostic tool um, more than anything else. So it's this little tiny square. You can just mount it onto your, onto your bars and, it uh, it'll it'll set. You can use it to send maps to your ECU. So um, it's just got one button. I just I just got it. Yeah, it doesn't do a whole lot itself. It's just the communication device um, that goes between there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna learn about this. This is my uh, new product of the week. What do they call that TV cable? HDMI. Yeah, it's an HDMI. Yeah, it has cable. HDMI that goes. You know, it, it plugs into the diagnostic cable, and so it can actually talk to the ECU and. The thing about it is, it's gonna it'll be run through an app, and so the through the app you'll be able to do other things. I want to tune the power valve on that thing. So I see a, a power indicator or volume indicator type of it, thing, and a and a Bluetooth indicator. So I assume it Bluetooths to your it phone Bluetooths from this. It your phone and it'll download information, or you cool. can have a map and you can send it. And so I'm I, this is something I'm testing. I'm going to learn a lot about what it does. What's the air moose thing on your list? So we're testing. We're always testing stuff. But one of the things we're testing is an is an air moose, which is another moose brand. Actually, the guy from uh, Mr. Wolf uh, reached back out to me and wanted to send those out as well but uh so i got my kind of initial impressions of uh the air moose because i had it on my bike when i rode it down in mexico and i had it on i've just been on my 500 been on my 300 now next time i go back down there i'm going to take it down there and give it the give it the beans and see what it is so that's another thing that we're uh currently testing 
It's his first ride on the 24 KX250. Is that something a that dirt bike is, test? Yeah, on dirt bike test, there's a new uh, KX250 2024 uh, impression up there from Trevor. And Scott just got back from riding the Yamaha YZ125X um, and uh, YZ450FX uh, from back east. And he just got back. I don't know if there's an embargo on that. I was thinking about calling, but uh, we'll see. And Kurt Huff who I believe, yeah, that's Kurt Huff, says every C-Class rider needs that. And I'm not sure what we're talking about. Maybe the thing that I was, oh, maybe the little thing, that the, the tuner I was holding up. What else were we talking about? Or maybe this piece, the bulletproof design thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So at Sligel Toby, right. uh, I wonder what would happen if Kawasaki released a 2025 KDX 300 Enduro two-stroke. Sold with KYB suspension and a title. I think they would give KTM and Husky a run for their money. So this is on our KX450 um, video. This is a comment. And I commented back. I said, we can all dream. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that he wanted a title with his motorcycle. What's that? That's important. Does he mean... What's he talking about? Registration? I, 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 uh, I suspect uh, he's thinking he wants to make it street legal. Yeah. Uh, right. A title. Well, it kind of depends on what state you're in and, and all this stuff like that. But it's 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 nice. I mean, there's a reason why they don't sell a KDX 300 two-stroke with Kaaba suspension. And? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they wouldn't make any money. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's already really good bikes like... Uh, Speaking of, you know, Yamaha makes a YZ250 that has Kaaba suspension on it. And if you spray painted it green, and then you wouldn't even have to pretend that it's a that it's a 300. You would think it's a 300 because it's so good. I rode a Yamaha all weekend, I think. Yamaha, great sponsor of this show. What Did was you? that bike? What were you riding? Needs, a, needs some front brake fluid change or something. Oh, that was that was a WR two old an older, older carbureted WR two fifty. Yes, ran fine, runs good. So at E Irway four 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 nine about the TTR two thirty, he he writes entry level the corporate buzzword. It's supposed to demean you into buying something far more than what you need. All over in this narrative. First, it's a stepping stone, and you'll need something more later which is what a full-out competition dirt bike. This is a trail bike used to ride trails. Well, you know the rest. Um, okay. <laughs> what, did you guys refer to it as a, as a starter bike or something? Yeah, it's, it's the... It's the somebody, somebody was riding that thing this weekend in the class. Yep. And I thought it was a great training bike. It was a trail bike, yeah. But I... What what is he trying to say? Like in that, he's trying to say that you're he, addressing it as a beginner or, tr or something like that, so people go out and spend, buy a more horsepowered Yamaha. Oh, so he's more saying, expensive. He's I think I'm a shill for my advertisers. Well, yeah, I've been tagged. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? It, it's it. Yeah, and I don't think entry level is a buzzword. I don't, I don't know that. I mean. The industry right now really wants to keep people coming in. COVID was great. A lot of people got in, and then they went right back to staring at their screens, which 
you're doing right now or you're listening to a thing that has a screen spit this out right now. But <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's an entry level bike. It's a it's a it's a beginner bike. It's a trail bike. It's a you know it's an old guy bike. You should you should ride it, George. That way you well, go over ta- the handlebars. Yeah, I talked to you about that. Oh, I yeah, said you, in the summer <laughs> you I might just take one. one of those for three months just to you yeah, know to go play practice. around on it. Uh, yeah, practice bike, whatever. I mean, we had a uh, a new rider mm-hmm. that went out looking for and and should have been put on it like a bike like just this bike. A TTR two thirty, but he got sold a bill of goods and ended up with a race bike, you know. And, and well, that's, his dealer told him it was an everything bike. That's not uh, that's no bueno. So yeah. yeah, with people like Jimmy saying this is an entry level bike, somebody listens to that, they might end up in the right spot. I'm trying to be accurate. I'm trying to yeah. accurately describe it for someone who may or may not know. Uh, you know exactly what they're looking at and obviously that one guy for sure didn't in fact he asked the question we we had his question on the on the show last show he asked the question and i kind of went through and explained the different things and i'm i'm fairly confident that i that i recommended maybe not that bike in that situation yeah he, but he was pretty adamant that the dealer guy sold him a bill of goods which whatever that i'm sure that that's Never what, happened before. That's what dealers do. So Mike Lunini, 3580 on the CRF 250F, says, like, why is Honda moving to trail rather than race? Because there's a market <laughs> for that? What? Well, because they don't want to use the uh, the corporate buzzwords of uh, entry level. There you go. No, no Honda, Honda's not moving. It, Honda's made, since day one, they've always had an entry level group of bikes. They've had you know in between bikes like the xrs were always like they always kind of said an xr you can you can you could race an xr 200 or an xr 500 hell they were racing xrs in baja and they and then they had the crs which are their motocross bikes they've always had a full line most manufacturers do they want you to be able to walk into a dealership you know the japanese motorcycle manufacturers specifically and now ktm and their brands and stuff and if you look at what triumph and takati are doing and what a lot of these brands do, they want you to be able to walk in there and they have something to sell you. If you walk into a dealership... They want you to walk in and ride out. Walk in and ride out. Yeah, they want to have Nothing something that's going to fit your needs. And whether, you know, whether you're a little kid and you're getting something that's just brand new and electric and or you're, you're, you're somebody that wants to ride a, your first dirt bike and it uh, happens to be a 1300cc dirt bike. Or, well, well, they call them adventure bikes, I guess. They call yeah. them that? Yeah. But it's a dirt bike to some people because there's no way they're going to ride. 110 horsepower they're not, dirt bike. They're not going to ride a 500. Like, why would you ever ride one of those things? At Eric Nash, 8783, says, just use the lube that is already inside your O-ring chain. I don't know what. There's no context. Were you talking about? We were talking about, you know, how to, how to lube a chain on one of the shows. And I think it got pulled into like a little excerpt. Oh, here we go. Uh, sorry. It's like, it's like. There's another comment part to that, but yeah. like, just use it. it. You're already using it. You can't just use it. It's already there. Yeah, he's so his second part of his. I just wipe a WD forty wetted rag for rust protection, but usually I'm just raw dogging it dry. Jim, you don't lube chains, do you? Yeah, I I I, I put um, you know when it's when they're warm, I'll throw a little bit of lube on them. 
you know, just because it's it's more of an anti-corrosive thing than anything else. Uh, he's the, he's the, so that guy that's telling us how to lube chains and do raw dog. He follows all the girl riders. Oh I, yeah, because you, know, you do I, your I, research, you kind of creep back and stalk these people a little just to see what they're about. I always want to know where the questions coming from. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever. What, I, you know I what? Wonder, I wonder if he tells those girls how to do things. I saw it because I so, watched them, and they need a lot of help. Some of them. There was some like of the a, ones he follows. A new motorcycle riding. I don't, I don't really watch them that much, but I I have to see what they say. There's like a new them. motorcycle riders website. I thought, well, I'll just see what this is. It's just maddening. I'm going to get it out of my feed, but it's it's like the dating site. All these girls on there posing with their bike, and you know, hey, I want to know, and you can see all the creeps on there that are going, oh, hey, you know, and great bike and this and that and it's just a bunch of crap sometimes sometimes i really want to help like when i when i actually take the time to answer some of the questions and stuff that i do online but that's what i'm doing here I, but here it's harder it's harder i mean except for you it's harder for everybody else to interrupt me i, I have a i have a it's easy for me i know that's why i said so eric nash i have a un an unvetted stream that you know can't be distracted i get to put out my 100 percent pure jimmy comment everything i dance around I dance around the answer to the questions, but you're getting what you're I getting. just hear what Snoopy hears from you. That's Snoopy doesn't hear that. That's the kids in the classroom. Oh, is that it? Yeah. So Eric Nash 8783 that we just heard from about raw dogging it dry, um, he says, I'm not scratching my rim at all here with a happy face. So I think he's having a whole other conversation here about Oh, raw yeah, yeah. dog and it dry well, that, and scratching yeah. so, his so rim. He, he's actually he actually started watching a lot of our videos and then he made a lot of comments on them. But he's I think he's AI. Well, he's talking. No, he's not AI. <laughs> he's got he's got a page and he follows all the he follows all the girls that do all the different riding things. Okay, so his main is across his fees as he follows kind of a thing. At but, NorCal Saint, I sold my Africa twin. What what did he say about scratching the rims? He says he's not scratching his rim at all. Oh, he here. watched me change a tire in one of my videos where I change a moose, you know, just... Oh, I so thought this was in reference to Selma picture or something. <laughs> scratching her rim. That's why I made that sticker for you, George. Yep. Yeah. So NorCal Saint. Selma was on the show last week. She showed her rim. Yeah. I sold my Africa Twin because of the wind buffeting at higher speeds. Wonder if the Transalp is any better. Now... How, Selling a bike because okay. of wind buffeting, I kind of take issue to that. Mike 790. At, at, at all five, how many's? Six? Five, six, George? Who? Six, you, three. Yeah, I know. What are you? Like five, seven, eight, something like oh, that. And throwing a three quarters, I always like it when but you say five. But I got real short legs, so I probably sit at as high as this guy or more. Oh, Because yeah. my torso's really big. Isn't that true? Guy. Yeah, big torso guy. Hey, so here. It's long. It's, well, it's big, too. At, hey, at 6'4", six, four, six, four, you're going to get buffeted on pretty much every bike. I'm I'm five nine and three quarters, okay? Used to be 5'10". Um, but... I'm like right at the height where where I think they design them for someone my height. And if I if I sit upright, I get buffeted. If I slouch a little bit, I'm in the in the pocket. And so at six four, it's funny because sometimes when you're six four, you get above it and it's not that bad. But sometimes you're right where you just get blasted from it. Well, my seven ninety is like this. It shakes with I I got the tall windshield. And I got the short winch, you know, the one that came with it. Right. It's really short on the adventure. And that thing, 
buffets my helmet so hard that I'm literally my vision's blurred. Right. And so I ended up getting a much taller windscreen than what I wanted or want, and I got to, to got do, rid of the buffeting for long slogs. And when I'm standing up, I'm way over the top. You, everything. You have anyway. to go back and read or watch one of our videos that talks about the tenor, the the Africa Twin to 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 for me to really recall. I don't recall it being that good, but I don't recall it being that bad. But I tell you what, that Transalp 750. That is one thing I really, really notice on that bike is the is the pocket that it puts me into mm. at you know five nine and three quarters is really good. It's it's got really good of all of the small adventure bikes or called midsize adventure bikes. It does have the best uh, we'll call it um, wind protection package, except it doesn't have hand guards. And I found that out the other time the other day when I rode it back after I sunk it in the mud and my fingers were all cold because they were wet. I got really cold. My legs were okay, but my my fingers were really cold. Did you have a moment where you just sat down and cried before you called Jimmy Tyler and they came and rescued you? It's got heated grips. Nope. It takes a lot. Oh, the heat? No, not the 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 front. The if it had a hand guard, it would have been okay. But the 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 and I was wearing really good climb gloves with wind stopper, and I had a second pair that I put on that that I got wet too. Um, the heat wasn't even good enough. Oh, the heat was good enough to almost burn my hands on the inside. On the inside, but, but on the outside, it wasn't. It wasn't doing a job. Just having a handguard would make a huge, uh, huge difference. But yeah, like so, Ron here is saying at six four, it works better for me to shorten the windshield because if you get one tall enough for my height, all it does is creates too much negative pressure behind the screen. So yeah, it's it, it's just variable. It just a, all depends. It's a full tuning thing, and and if you if you sold the bike because of uh, <laughs> you could have played around. Yeah, with a you gave of up screens. too soon. If you like the rest of the bike, I'd you say that was a bad and, move. And here's and here's okay. So this is why people listen to the show because every once in a while I do actually give out some decent advice. You can actually take some cardboard and some pieces of tape and play around with this. I used to do this um, when we were at Cycle World all the time because guys would complain about like buffeting on certain bikes and and they were taller than me and it was generally an adventure bike that we were testing and everybody wanted to ride the adventure bikes because they were kind of new and hot at the time like the ktm 950 and we had this one staffer who would just go get the tallest screen and bolt it onto the damn bike and it takes like 45 minutes to put them on it was like a pain in the ass and he'd go out and he'd say i'm gonna ride this thing and he put these big giant windscreens on and I'm like, oh, my God, and you can't see out. I can't see through it, and it's so big, it slows the bike down by, like, 10 miles an hour. I mean, yep. it's really bad. And plus, it then it makes, like Ron's talking about, this big chamber of weird air pressure. So I would actually started taping. I tried, I was tried to prove to him, hey, you don't need four more inches of windscreen and, and three inches wider. You can just, like, go an inch and a half or two inches here and just kick it a little bit and then tell, you know, because we were the world's largest motorcycle magazine, talk to this company and say, hey, do this. And so I actually taped a couple of these things up and came up with, you know, and he was like, wow, that really works, you know, because I just... That's it, what I've been trying to do with the harmonica I put on your Tenere's to I, get more wind through it. But I put cardboard in there to try and channel more wind right, on it. But since I actually pay attention to my motorcycle I and figured. I check them, I cut that thing off before I even rode it. So no, you didn't. You it's it still there. It's not still there. It's still there. It is not still there. As of when? 
I don't know. Would you put it back on? <laughs> no. Yeah, I cut it off. I saw it. I, I went because I was testing suspension. I thought if anything will dry, you hold that out the window and it makes noise in a car, like yeah. 30. I said, if anything will drive Jimmy nuts, it's some new whistle on his bike. No, I find it immediately. But I figured you'd see it. I found it before I even wrote it. Okay. AC Multi on my bike. 100 says, where can I buy this bike and how much? What's he referring to, Jimmy? Because you hey, never give me no damn context. Gronk's, Gronk's mean. He says, if... If you can't handle buffeting, maybe bikes aren't for you. You know, I used to think that. <laughs> I used to really think that. I was the first guy to say, you know, what you need is to look into some triactin. You know, uh-huh. we've talked about this. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, look into it. And that's triactin like a man. <laughs> but Gronk, I got to tell you, like I said, on my 790, in those two combinations of the short and the factory tall windshield, that I couldn't, I literally, my vision was blurred. You could not see because my head's shaking so much around. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a. I hear you, but yeah, I think I think it it it, and they can't again. It's just like suspension. Everybody says, oh, the suspension sucks on the stock bikes. It's like yeah, every fairing sucks. But that Honda Trans Alp 750, the one he's specifically talking about, for my size, is one of the best uh, aero packages co- cockpits that I've I've ridden in a long time. So. Uh, okay, where so can I buy this bike and how much? That's where we were. What was he talking about? What bike? He's talking about the all-wheel drive Christini KTM. The the video that that um, Jim shot. You know that video that got yeah. like three million, five million views now. Yeah, the video that Jim shot of me riding the all-wheel Man, drive. Man, if KTM. that was a, your ticket to freedom and riding all the time, you should have monetized that one. It is monetized. It is. Yeah, you don't get much. I mean, you don't get nothing. You don't get. Okay, Delano seven two four two. Just get a Rocon two by two, which been around since the fifties. The Rocons are more tractors, are cheaper, lighter, hundred miles a gallon, can float, use multiple fuels from kerosene, gasoline, ammonia. Rocon are the only bike to ever make it through the Darien Gap. I have a military type thirty. Oh, separate. New sense. I have a military type, thirty five hundred dollar, twenty nineteen Kawasaki KLX two fifty, and a four thousand dollar, two thousand six Rokon. The Rokon will go anywhere, but slowly at thirty five. I'd say thirty five is a stretch on that those Rokons. I've been on those things, and they yeah yeah they'll thir- sort of go anywhere, but it goes thirty five when you throw it off a cliff, which is what you want to do after you ride them with the like. When you, when you put all that gas or whatever you want to put in your tires, you know, because the tires are tanks. I've ridden a Rokon. I, 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 want, I want a 110-horsepower adventure bike with all-wheel drive. I don't want a Rokon. Yeah, I've ridden. If I want a farm vehicle, I'll get a quad, okay? I've ridden a Rokon, too. And, yeah. You know, reminded me of my mini bike days. I wonder if he's trying to point out something like he thinks that there's something I don't know about motorcycles. Could be I'm comparing them. <laughs> something you haven't ridden. Something I haven't ridden. I'm Stephen Charles ride. GCS best handlebar. What if you're six four and stand up a lot? Well, Johnny Campbell's like six three and he stands up a lot. Big and John, that, and, and that's the Johnny Campbell. And Big John is Big, big. John's big too, and so we we are talking on the show that he's that he's um, that that Johnny Campbell's giving the advice and explaining about handlebars. And he's like, what if you're 6'4 and stand up a lot? Well, the guy who was giving you the advice was 6'3 well, and standing up a lot. So he listened to him. That's why That's why we have experts on here, because you don't want to listen to my bullshit all day. At 64 max power, 
Lots of dog videos. Yeah, he has lots of dog videos on his on his thing. Oh, okay. He's, I mean, like a lot of dog videos on his his YouTube channel. So we don't understand the difference between forged and cast triples, and I'm expected to believe that you could tell a difference between between clamps when riding. I guarantee no one can tell a difference. I, so I, he's calling you out. I wish. I wish. Right? I wish I would have watched some of his dog videos because I'm sure one of them tells he has a video where he. He can tell you that he can. He doesn't even have to look at his dog. He can smell the differences between him. Oh, and, I'm sure he probably can. Yeah, and and, and, and and I'm going to call bullshit on that because I mean, like, I mean, really, you can tell the difference between your dog. Yeah, he doesn't like, wash one, and the other one washes itself. I'm a professional. Know. Like, I, I I can tell these things. Like, really, you can't tell the. Di- you know what? I I think most people actually can tell a difference they won't know what it is but if you switch triple clamps you there 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 is a there it changes the way the bike works and it, i mean whether you can feel it and identify that would that was the change that's a reach well for, I most, s- for most people but there are guys that get paid pretty good money to ride motorcycles that will give you feedback on this and and there's a reason why there's guys that still get paid money to ride motorcycles and tell them how to work because it isn't always what the computer says you know when they when they design these things they say hey this is going to be stiffer this is going to be they they just change small little radius radiuses on clamps or you change the torque value on the pinch bolts on that clamp by three or four you know newton meters and most people will notice something right they won't be able to call it out like you had me switch a pretty rigid skid plate once to a more flexible one and I, and he said well did you notice it or something and i was truly like i don't know but i sure felt good it, on the like, bike you know what a, I mean? and a lot of times a lot of times I, when i say they notice it it's like the bike works better this bike is all of a sudden working better or this bike is working yeah worse. but i'm lousy enough it's like okay did, am i just having a better day at this moment but you know right. prob probably you know that's what i was feeling and i'm not a real good butt dino Good afternoon, all. Please look at this photo. This is a borrowed photo. Do you have it there? What are the red rings on the lower section of the fork tubes? My 23 EXCF. Oh, those are those O-rings so, so they the, put on yeah, there. On the, on As the, of, I thought they were fork seals. I guess no. Yeah, it's on just On the newer KTM. So this is this is a, this is on the EXC um, group. And he, he basically had a picture with the... With the, the basically... Those red rings are so you can slide them up on the forks and you can see how far down your forks are going. Yeah, so it's, it's a it's, tuning it's, thing. It's a tuning thing. And so a lot of times it's to see if you're using the whole stroke. That's what they're mostly used for. But there's times when we'll go through just a small series of bumps that you don't want the thing to be going too far down in the stroke. And you'll, you just slide them up and ride it and you kind of see where they, you see where they go. And that's what they're, that's what they're designed for. And I've seen guys that have like overfilled their, their oil you know and then they're they're not going all the way down like they should and i don't know on those forks if they go completely to the bottom bottom or they just go most of the way down then the picture he showed them about an inch and a half up you know which is like wow you know that's you're not using all of your stroke but it depends on what what he hit before he did that or however they they move in um jason abbott liked your try acting like a man joke yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. You use that. Learn that from it. some Amish buddies up north. 
Um, let's see. I wanted to use it this weekend. Marco, Marco's got a, got a thing. He says, let your wife ride you on the back, and then the wind will be blocked perfectly, and it'll be fun, too. Yep. There you go. Carry a bigger purse and hold it up against your front ear or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ron wants to know, would you be comfortable riding your T7 on a BDR with a front moose? It's tubeless, nope. isn't it? No. Nope. Uh, Those tubeless tires? No, 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 they have tubes. tubes. Um, would I be comfortable? Yeah, eh, probably not. I mean, is that a tall ask for a moose on a heavy bike like that? Well, the thing is, you know, if I was changing it every day, you know, getting a new wheel every day, every two days, every three days, every four days, okay, I might four days would probably be where I would draw the line, especially with the big tank. You know, when you're heavy, and then it just kind of depends on how much speed you're getting. You know, if, and not that the speed really kills them or anything like that, but, you know, how hot is it? How much, how hard are you riding it? There's lots of questions. There's a lot of variables that go into that. But I don't really want to change my moose as much as I feel like I would need to to be really safe. Because, and it, it really, well, in BDR, you kind of know where you're going. But when I go adventure riding, I don't know where I'm going. I really don't know where I'm going. And that might involve a 90-mile-an-hour stint down some big-ass graded dirt road for 45 minutes. And I don't want to sit there and go, well, I could go 20 miles an hour slower to preserve this moose, which, yeah, I would ride at 70 miles an hour, no problem. 90, you're asking a lot. So, yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't be comfortable. How would you compare this? This is a TTR 230. How would you compare this to a Beta 300X trader for trail play bike? So we kind of did that. I think we did a comparison someplace on Dirt Bike Test, or there's a video someplace where we compared them all, but we did not compare the the Yamaha, the TTR 230, because we didn't have it. But it's very similar to the other ones. Uh, I think it kind of falls, it fits right in between the Honda and the Kawasaki as far as where the Yamaha fits in that mix of play bikes. But the Beta is has way, way, way more potential as far as, it's a 300cc two-stroke motor. Quite a bit lighter, I would imagine. Quite a bit lighter, which in the beginner realm, the entry-level realm, in corporate speak, you know, uh, in that in that world, the weight is actually for most people a good thing until they have to pick it up. The weight adds stability. Speaking of the AJP, right? Um, the X trainer might feel a little twitchy to somebody. You know. For our beginner riders, the power was a little bit too um, too snappy, even though it's really tamed down. You just the, the you know we see this all the time in our classes. We see beginner riders struggle with that kind of on-off throttle. And it's from zero to, you know, zero to whatever, how far they turn it and then back again is a lot. The, the beta, when it comes on, it kind of, it lunges. It has a response. Since it's a two-stroke, it freewheels a little better on the D-cell. Hmm. So it's a little easier where um, I think that you're going to find the, the four-stroke motors offer a little bit more uh, entry-level, beginner-level performance. Uh, the the weight of the bike adds a little bit of stability. I think this, the the suspension on the Beta like eh, maybe a little bit better performance, although not much. It really depends on what you're using it for. But uh, I think the Beta has more room to grow. You know, you'll struggle with it in the beginning, but it'll be a better bike a little bit later on in your riding career. But it sort of depends on where you want to go with that. Alan had a 
300. Had a question? You had the you had the X Trainer 300, right? And I had yeah. I got my KTM. Yeah, the Trainer and also had the Yamaha 230. Yeah. Back in the past, and the other Beta has much more potential. Yeah. Right. Did I did I just answer that question properly as yes. an owner of both of those bikes? I would agree 100%. Yeah. Wow, good. Somebody agrees with me finally. The Thank peanut you. gallery. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Jim. Hey, everybody that's in the in the chat, where where's everybody uh where's everybody from? That's uh, yeah. you know, always kind of checking to see where everybody's checking in from. I know I know Gronk's from uh Canada. Yeah. Canuckistan. Do we have any we have any uh Australians out there? That's what I want to know. Yeah, farthest away. Yeah, who's the farthest away? Win, um, wins a prize, which is just a mansion. Chris Dabney says XRs for life. Yeah, well. Hey, Chris, do you want a? I, I need to sell <laughs> an XR650. So I would. I should have done a roost end or for sale. I have a very. It's a good running XR650, well equipped XR650. Needs a little bit of work. Four grand, out the door. Come and get it. Yep. Arizona title. Has a license plate. Come and get it. Need to sell it. I need to get the money for this guy that's probably going to have Larry the Leg Breaker come over here next or <laughs> send in a fleet of drones. I don't know what's going on. Western Pennsylvania. Andalusia, Alabama. I should know because so, I sent a lot of these guys T-shirts. Yeah, Arkansas. What a pain in the ass that was. Central I, now, New I, York. I respect people that work in the shipping departments now. Yeah, it's good there's work for everybody. Yeah. At oh at Eug Rules, EUG Rules. Patagonia, Argentina. Okay, can can we prove this? Jamie. <laughs> Jaime. Calico Ghost Town. The writing's gotta be good out there. Ron the Howard. Rothe Howard. Um Can you use the XR as a light ADV bike? Well, the only reason I have it is because my wife told me we couldn't sell it because she didn't want to ride the big ADV bike. She wanted to ride the XR650. That's so, got an electric starter on it too, right? Yeah, it's 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 on there. I'm I'm not really uh, advertising because it's it it'll still work, but it's not going to work for very long. The ring gear in there is wearing out, and they don't make them anymore. Okay, but uh, yeah. But it's got a kicker on it. Lost Center, Washington. People are just making places up now. Okay. We'll never know. <laughs> So North that, Queensland, Australia. That's probably Facebook user is probably the guy I sent the T-shirt to. So Facebook user has to realize if he, if you click through the link, other than just going to dirt bike test, you'll show up as Facebook user. Like if you know what it comes up, Matt Matoon's live now on dirt bike test. Something like this. If yeah. you click on that, you'll only show up as Facebook user. You got to go to dirt bike test go to and you. click on that live one. And then we'll put a name to you, Facebook user. So maybe log out really quick. And we promise not to talk bad about you and log back <laughs> in and we'll know what your name is or your handle. That's, or that's where I sent the shirt to was North Queensland, Australia. Oh, cool. At $44 for shipping. Yeah, but he seems like a no, he was, he was, decent bloke. He wants, yeah. you know, he wants to support you, which yeah. is nice. Good. I, I hope, I hope he wears it proudly down there for all, well, amongst all of his criminal friends. You <laughs> <laughs> girls at you girls. What? Haha! <laughs> I don't know how I can prove it. I have some videos right on my writing channels. All I think of. Okay, Jamie, <laughs> if you're, you're you're pulling that one out, I believe you. That's cool. No, Patagonia. I've I've ridden down through, but I was in Chile when I was down in the Patagonias. 
Okay. Wife wants I to go s- travel down there. I snuck into Argentina illegally, and then I had to. I, the only way we got back across the border was I had to pull wheelies for the for the guards that were because they were up. They were they were. It was really high in the mountains, of course, in the Patagonia. They were they were up like laying out on the rocks like lizards because it was so cold when we went through, so they didn't stop us. But then when we came back, they were down there with the guns and stuff, and the our uh, our guide. Uh, talked him into if I could pull wheelies back and forth, they would let us go across the border again without getting in trouble. That was a little bit off in the weeds. That's what my blank stare was, Jimmy. This is but, what people like but about But we this like show. to hear those stories, yeah. There was yeah. a guy who wanted to hear Dakar stories. In the, yeah, at in the, the class at, at or the class something. this weekend. Yeah, well. I don't remember know. any of them. I, to, I told him I hit my head. I well, remember. you remember getting the trots and have to quit? Yeah, I told him that story. Yeah. Okay, what I need to know that I sprung the stock suspension for my weight equals good enough. Okay, we're talking probably uh, English is a second language, which, of course, we embrace because English is a second language here, I guess. I'll play. What do I need to know? He wants to spring a stock suspension for his weight to get it good enough. So first, this will segue into another conversation. First, Jimmy would say, Set the sag, right? Right. And then uh, have your suspension serviced. And don't after, be afraid. After it, when it's new, when the bike's new, you know, 10, 15 hours. But don't be afraid to I, and play you, with you the can, clickers. You can run it 25 hours. It's not going to hurt. You can run it 100 hours. It's not going to hurt anything. But if you really want to get your bike, if you, wanna, if you plan on keeping your bike for a long time, I would say service it within the first 20 hours. It's just going to, it's just, it's just like changing oil in your motor. Nobody's going to run their motor for like 30 hours before they change it the first time. Think the same way about your suspension. And then you have a nice baseline. You can play around with the clickers before you, you know, start sending it off and ask for these different things. Um, Do you have any more other information or the context of that thing? To, to this, to this. Um, what bike is he talking about or? Uh, he said, what I needed to know that I sprung the stock suspension for my, oh, he was talking about my Tenere 700 video. Cause I just, I just released oh. a new vlog on that. And uh, so I, I answered all of his questions. Oh, good. Yeah. And so, and so my video was good enough. So speaking of suspension. Well, his suspension's good enough. I want to hear what you would say, because I think I properly regurgitated what you've told me in the same scenario. So we were riding. We went on a ride yesterday, you know, out to Death Valley, going along. Alan was going along and commented. We stopped. And we were talking. He commented that he was getting kind of beat up. Uh, has a used, he's riding a Sherco 300, four-stroke. Oh, this is Alan's getting beat up. Alan's getting a little beat up. Gets off the bike, kind of pushes on it. You know, you see it looks pretty soft. So let's hear what you would tell a guy standing there by the side of the road to deal with that, and then we'll talk about what we did do, what I it's, advice I so, gave. So if you, if you push on it, it seems like it's plush, both front and rear, and it's balanced. So balance is really important at this point when you're talking about it because if one end or the other end is weighting the other one, it's asking one end to do more work or it's pushing it farther down in the stroke and not allowing it to work. So I always look for a certain amount of balance in the in the bike. And typically, especially somebody that's Allen size on a smaller bike like that and whether or not it's been resprung, I don't know. But... I'm gonna guess that it's that it's packing. It's it's getting down into the stroke. It's too low in the stroke, and so it's riding in a stiffer part of the stroke, 
um, a stiffer part of the stroke if it hasn't been sprung. If it's been properly sprung and then it's up in the stroke, then then all of a sudden I'm going to go into valving, you know, damping force. And and then it's like, is it is it on the compression or the rebound side or is it how is it how is it moving? And most riders can't really distinguish between the two. So it's if you can't, it's really simple. Try one, then try the other. So open up the compression five clicks. Does it get better? Close the compression back down. Open the rebound up five clicks. Does it get better? That'll tell you which side it, it could be on, or maybe it's both. You know, maybe it just needs to be freer. But typically, when uh, you know it's it's it, typically it's a spring issue with most situations or a spring or balance. So so we started because you kind of gave me the same advice and tuned mine up about you know packing it up which made sense to me so the first thing we did is we got on there and we saw that the clickers were all way on the low side for both so very little compression very little rebound so we set them in the middle and then what did we do from there because i was telling him you probably want to have it rebound faster and compress slower to keep it from getting up in that pack position. Is that correct? correct? Yes. So that's kind of where we were headed. And I forget if we got past where we ended up, has but it, been, but has it, it felt better. Has it been sprung for your weight? Don't know. No, no that's the problem. But anyway, is just, just adjusting the clickers made a noticeable dif- difference in the right direction. Right. They usually do. You know, and, yeah. and I was saying maybe take five clicks of rebound off and put five clicks of compression in and see what that does. I did a, I did an ad for my suspension shop on the last show. Yeah, I know. I saw that. You said you don't watch don't this drift. show. Don't drift. Well, I listen to it. I look at it if think there's it. something I want to see. But no, so that was an interesting <laughs> suspension. So, um, oh, Chris Dabney, is, is he's, he put it on pause, so he's way behind in the show. He, he, he's, he's, but the funny thing is if you chat at any time, no matter what part of the show you're watching... I know my lips don't match what I'm saying because I have a special feature built in, so I don't want anybody, you know, to, to be doing lip syncing on this thing. But you chat whenever you chat, like if you if you watch this thing on the live feed and you type in the chat, even though it's not live, it goes into the chat and I can see it on the on the YouTube feed. Not you won't see it on the show on the one that's publicized, but it pops up on the feed. In fact, a lot of times when I don't do a show on a Tuesday night, the chat gets a whole bunch of activity because, oh, huh. because people will go and they'll go where's tech talk taco tuesday they'll click on an old show and the chat is actually kind of active all the time hmm. it's kind of like an answering machine on a phone so I if you want to think about what i can do about that yeah you can leave really bad messages for me but uh mike pearson says have i ri- ever ridden in arkansas um i believe i have don't remember when but when i used to travel all over to do Enduros and ISD qualifiers. So pretty good. Uh, Mike Kmet says, Cole Smith, Townsville, Queensland. Cool. I did a ride with Roy Kunda. Oh, boy, we're now getting off in the weeds. See, even the chat gets off in the weeds. Yeah, I know. Can't so help it. Is that, that's a, oh, so the last, the last uh, comment there. Impaired. Impaired. Oh, public, uh, the broadcast cut off before could see Roost or Endo. Oops. Yeah, that was last week. 
I I tried to fix it in the podcast, but uh, it's it was uh it was something changed on the the settings. Victor, I'm the, showing off my Tech Talk Taco Tuesday shirt. That's why I didn't wear my flannel my pose, I, poser cholo. I don't have my I don't have my glasses on, and I'm not really. And I'm wearing my glasses so I can read the comments because it's janky system in here. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see nothing. So we don't beat cholos all the time, Victor. So That's I, only a Halloween. Are you thing. anxious to check out, or do you want to talk more tech talk, tech stuff? If you have more tech talk, that's so what we had for. a it's uh, part of my restitution. We had a bike. We had a class this last weekend, big class. Yes, a lot of good people. So uh, seven ninety guy just tipped it over in the sand. By the way, you can go to www.jimmylewisoffroad.com to check out when our next classes are or to become a better rider. And if you're a beginner rider and you want to get into riding, you want to learn how to ride properly, we have a beginner rider video series that is 40 bucks, I think. And it's all the stuff you really need to know. And you have no idea how important it is until you come to my class, even though you check the box that says novice or intermediate, I guarantee you're missing out on something that's in that thing. For 40 bucks, it's probably the best 40 bucks you could spend on your riding, even if you're a novice. So, And a lot of, you know, we see a, lo- a lot of people overstate their abilities, sort of. And, it and just, a lot of it's as, because they really don't know. Just as many know? people understate their abilities. Yeah, but, yeah. but Four, people don't know if... Five rides doesn't you make know. you a, a novice. What's it make you? It could make you an expert if you're if you pick up on it really quick, yeah. but just because you have X amount of rides doesn't your skill level doesn't go up just because you've done uh, different things. We have a, we have a really good on the website. There is a there's a this is how we rate your skills. It asks it says can you do these things? Most people have have refrained from that. Okay, so a guy with a seven ninety. So a guy with a seven ninety tips over in the sand and then has no electrical connection. Six ninety. 790. You, no, the 790 that, was the one that fried the clutch. N- oh, you're right. Right. You're right. As anyway, usual. 690 tipped over in the sand. No signs of electricity whatsoever. We were out in a remote area. Didn't have any tools between us or anything. Um, so talk about, should I just talk about what we did to try and figure out what was going on? Or you want to talk about the things you'd look for? Because I'd be so. Curious. So the first thing is when he tipped over in the sand, I was like, "Okay, turn the key off because the tip over sensor." Okay. People a lot of times forget this, and depending on the bike, sometimes you can just cycle the uh, the on off switch. On a lot of bikes, like my Tenere or that Honda Transalp, when you lay it all the way over, it, you know, when you lay it over, there's a tip over sensor, and you have to turn the key on and off to get it to cycle back on. But on all those bikes, wouldn't you still have some indication that there's power to yes. the bike and instruments? Right. Had none of that. No, no power. So at that point, if there's no power, then it's a it's a uh, it's a typically it's a battery terminal cable. Right. Uh, ground to the frame is is kind of common. KTM's are probably a little more. Uh, even just sometimes there's corrosion on the battery terminals, just enough to where there's a jarring, and that's enough to make it loose and it loses its contact. So I always go to battery terminals, yep. followed immediately by the fuse that's right there, one of the big main fuses in that in that area if if it isn't the terminal and then after that who knows so that's kind of the direction we were all trying to you know fool with and everything no tools and what i ended up doing well we i sent for the truck and then standing around is all i could find was 
you know, in the desert, I find wire all the time in my spokes, in my rim, wrapped around my sprock. Couldn't find any wire, but I did find a tire pressure gauge, what standard metal tire pressure mm-hmm. gauge. So the first thing I did was I tried to arc it from the positive to the to a ground somewhere and got nothing. So I got nothing from that, no kind of spark or anything. So then the second thing I did that means yeah, so that, is that's... with the key, but I thought it still could be a ground. Maybe right. I got no ground. So I turned the key on, and I tried to do the same thing with a negative and arc it to ground, hoping, you know, if the lights went on, that'd be, okay, I lost a ground right. somewhere, and it didn't happen. So uh, I figured that lithium-ion battery, which is just a bunch of little soldered-together batteries, something in there probably broke connection. The battery was just... TU right there. Yep. So today I get a call from him and we started talking because he didn't really know what I did to test it. He didn't voltmeter it before he took it off or anything like that, but he put it on some kind of charger overnight and he says, now it's all it's all good. It's all good. And I told him to take a, put a voltmeter on it yep. and start jarring it around, maybe hitting it with a wrench on all sides so and I'll, see what I'll, happens. I'll tell you something that I've noticed with lithium ion batteries is they have a shut off when they drop below a certain voltage. So, and, I, and I've had this, like, if you just leave the key on, they go to a certain voltage, they drop down. Until you put a charge on them, they will not come back to life. There's a, there's a cutoff inside there. It's meant to save the battery. Um, so that could have been the, that easily could have been the case. And I, I've, I've had it happen with a lot of my bikes have, like, parasitic drains on them. So this leads me to another thing, because he said, then also, it's a, the second time, this battery and has is, done this, something like Was this like, one of the batteries that has the jump start feature built into it? It had a reset button on the top and a volt uh, you, volt indicator type of thing. And the reset, you know, we had gone through that. You know, yeah, push it once, push trying it to hold work, it, got yeah. no life out of it. So I wonder if it could be that his battery's not charging and he's it's just getting so run down that i mean how long was the bike laid over for and like was it does he have heated grips and light you know there's so many there's so many factors that go into that with the with the bike but i have seen lithium ion batteries when they go when they go down so i've seen bikes that fall over and the fans running and the headlights on the guy takes a little while to get to it and i've seen them pick them up and then they're really hard to start so and then then you run it down below that threshold on the on the bike okay. and then it doesn't come That's back. Right. Usually, to usually you can jump them at that point though. Yeah. You can jump start it um, with, if you have cables or a jump pack, but you guys tried the jump pack. It didn't work. Can't remember if we tried yeah. that on that. There's Did a, we? there's a jump pack in the, in the truck. I know that. Yeah. We used it to get your uh, seven, your 10 array started. I know that. Yeah. Oh, cause I left my key on. Yeah, and the yeah. battery ran it down, and then I told, you left. I left and told said, my Heather, wife, take, take told my wife to go back. ride it. Yeah, yeah I, I knew that. Yeah. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> um, and so Cole is asking about the fuel consumption on the TBI bikes. And, it, and he says he was getting 125 kilometers on his uh, old TPI bike, and now he's only getting 70 kilometers on his TBI. I did not notice that the fuel consumption was any different between um, my TPI and the TBI that I have. So I know that there are a lot of different maps. And since he's going kilometers, I'm thinking he's someplace else in the world. I, I'm i under the impression that there's a lot of different tunes on that bike. And I heard 
that some of the later ones, the efficiency went way up. And I guarantee you that my bike has, well, actually, I heard there's a new one. There's another new setting or tune coming for that thing. But mine had the latest one. So if it is really bad, see if you can get the EC reflash to a more current or updated um, updated uh, setting. And and if it's especially if it's an SX because I know on the SX they wanted to get some snap out of that out of that bike and they they accomplished that by actually getting it to run like kind of a little rich on the bottom to to act more like a carburetor. The problem with the fuel injected two strokes is they just like the old fuel injected four strokes is they're so they're so perfect they don't have the hit that an imperfect jetting even though some people call it perfect. The carburetor is just when you when you make big changes it it snaps and the the tbi and tpi bikes don't do that hey I mean, real, you can build it in but real back at the beginning of the chat somebody asked for any tricks they're going to change the graphics on their bike uh i heard i remember heat gun was mentioned or something but you've changed countless graphics on bikes so you you, you like spray a windex or something on the sticker before you put it on so you can move it a little i don't or anything no no i i i um i mean you can you can put a little put a little like you know soapy water underneath it and stuff but i've just had i've had best luck with just taking my time and laying it out you know just setting it and then trying to trying to lay it out and then make sure i'm not getting air bubbles onto it and if it usually it's warm enough here to where it's not an issue but if it's cold you know then run a heat gun but you don't want to get too crazy with a heat gun because they tend to uh you know, then then it gets floppy and it'll trap air bubbles in it. Yeah, just to stretch out a little right corner or something where it turns or whatever. Right. So and it's it's there's guys that are so good at that, and then I'm not really that good at it. I mean, I can kind of hack my way, but there's we had guys and we were doing the magazine bikes all the time because they're always putting numbers and graphics on it, and I just stood back because I'm not that good. I mean, I can get it done, but I don't even like putting graphics on on stuff. Um, so Chris Dabney says XR650 fifth gear wheelie. I'm in. Okay, just uh, send me an email, Chris. I'll sell you that bike. <laughs> and then what's Cole say about just taking two batteries and shoving them together? Um, so he he's talking about yeah. it's a trick where you you take the battery out of one bike, turn it upside yep. down, and set it on top. So you're setting positive or positive negative. Yeah. So you're essentially just using the other battery. Um, for a while, I well, I just carry the jump pack all the time now, and that yeah. that, that that's that's another battery. But I used to have. Um, a set of, uh, you know, like a really small set of jumper cables that would work motorcycle to motorcycle, uh, no problem. And then the other thing for my KTMs is I, I carry that capacitor thing. It's something you can get at Taco Moto. That's tacomoto.co. There's a basically a capacitor that I carry with me. So in case your battery does go bad, your bike will still be able to run. Right. So because um, if you're most of the KTM AXCs, a lot of the bikes now, if the battery's no good, you don't get to ride because the fuel pump doesn't. And I probably sound like a old points ignition guy. I don't want any of that electronic stuff or I want a carburetor, but mm -hmm. like on my seven ninety, I just, I'd replace the battery. I just put another lead acid in that thing. You know, I mean, I've had good luck with lead acid batteries last. And they also seem to give you a second chance, uh, towards the end, you know, instead of just a, this battery's done. You, if you can yeah. get it jumped or something running, you can get it home usually. Yeah, I haven't. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think I've had one lithium battery uh, try to light on fire, 
and it was I was charging with a charger that was a little too big, um, and I and it's funny because I've off the bike I've also put it on another lithium battery and got it to like expand, you know. So this charger is just not good for that um, battery. Stop doing that. But other than that, I haven't had any other than batteries just going plain dead from just sitting. Um, I've not had any uh, like lithium ion problems. I know that when I adventure ride, I'm pretty careful about when I'm charging stuff off of the bike, you know, in the evenings and stuff like that with my mm. lithium batteries. They don't, they don't like that kind of stuff where I would say, yeah, if you're going to, you know, you need to charge up your cameras or something like this or uh, your cell phone and stuff while you're not riding. Uh, I don't think the lithium ion battery is the best for that type of task. I mean, I don't think it's, it's designed to crank. It's designed to be light and to crank. You know, yeah. to uh, give you some crank apps. So the, especially the ones in the motorcycle, I think when they design them to do cranking, they're not good at slow discharge. So, so anyways, um, any other questions? No, help you nothing out? written down, nothing in the chat. I don't think. Yeah. A lot of comments, but again, if you're, if you're looking for a job, even if you're in Australia, the commute's not that bad. Um, you can go to tacomoto.co and check that out. Uh, what else is going on? Let's see. I was actually not going to do the show because there was no race this weekend. I didn't, I knew we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Hmm. You know, we always talk about the racing. Yeah. Right. You do. <laughs> just your racing. It was yeah. once upon a time the sun was coming up over a sand dune. Right. And there I was in all my glory. Balls on That's fire. what old guys do is they relive the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for chiming in, chatting in. Uh, we've got 52 people that are currently chitter-chattering away. It's good. Is that Oh, is that I got a, you? I got another shameless plug for the Jimmy Lewis... Okay. Riding school is we were on our little ride, four of us, and in Death Valley, and we ran into one of the students from this last weekend's class who was down there, met his son, Jacob, and he had another friend with him. They were camping down by Echo Canyon somewhere, I mm -hmm. guess. He had kind of a, what do you call it, earth roamer type of rig setup thing. But anyway, um, so then we, they were going, oh, we're going to go down to Shoshone or something. Well, we got to get back. And how much gas do you have in that DR, DRZ? And it was, uh, he says, oh, I got maybe 50 miles. And we said, it'll be all that to get down there. You want to go back to Furnace Creek and get gas. So we gas up. Now there's like, what, seven of us? Seven bikes in tow. I look in the mirror. I'm out front. And now there's only three bikes. So I turn around <laughs> and go back. I know where this is going now. And two, the two guys that haven't been through the Jimmy Lewis class um, had crashed. <laughs> and uh, one of them, Has ba basically, a long story short, both locked up their front tires and drove them into the ground. One, one of them lost air in his front tire. Uh, for whatever reason. So in other words, he got a flat tire. He got a flat tire. And it caused him to crash. But I I do believe that the popular consensus was when it got a little jiggly on that turn, he grabbed a handful and and crashed. And the other guy was behind him, and he locked the front and went all the way into the ground. So I'd say, uh, you know, 
the money for the class would have paid for itself maybe in that one instance. And they were kind of banged up and road rashed and licked their wounds. Yeah. And well, here's, way. okay, so uh, uh, Mike says thanks for, he showed me a picture of his uh, the box of stuff he got for Takamoto. So he won last week. He's already oh. got his stuff that he ordered. He used his $100, um, $100 off. And then Asher, who just says, uh, I'm... Let's see. Uh, Ricky Brabeck spills the beans on Jimmy's secret sauce rally training on Gypsy Tales podcast. Uh, maybe. I don't know. The, Ricky doesn't even know what I do. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a mystery to me, too. Um, so Asher says he thinks he missed the show. But good thing, Asher, because I have your question right here. He says, hello, Jimmy. I have a 2005 DRZ 400 with a, a this and a that and all the other stuff and all the other things. He basically says, after consulting Facebook groups, I'm more confused than when I started because he has all these things. And, I, and the screen just went dead on my computer, so I'm paraphrasing. He's going to take the header pipe off of a a dirt DRZ400 and put it on his street DRZ400. And he's been told that that will instantly cause his bike to blow up all the way from that to like it doesn't make a bit of difference. It will make a difference. Um, and he's already done other stuff to it, and everything you do to it, it's a pump. It, it changes the efficiency of it. So the 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 answer to your question is, can you do it safely? Yes, because he's also going to, I guess he has a donor dirt one that he's going to start swapping parts over, and it's like, should he swap it all over at once? And it's like, no, you can do piece by piece, because he, eventually he's going to put the cams on it and with a different base gasket and all the all these all these different uh things so um, his his goal is to increase performance of the motor yeah yeah to try because the street one is a little bit uh, more uh you know choked up or you know it's 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 probably mostly done for sound you know the the valve you know the 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 cam duration and things like that but you're going to get a little bit more horsepower and stuff but uh, you know essentially I'm pretty sure he understands this. He went, he went and raced the thing in a, in a District 38 race. I remember that he was telling the story. But you know, you're flogging a dead horse at this point. I know you love that bike, evidently. But well, he probably it, loves the process too. Guys yeah, just yeah, like yeah. to tinker. They like to save money. Yeah. They like to yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, but which is all good. All, all you have to do is just kind of be aware of what you're doing. You know, when you're when you're changing these things, and if you run it, all of a sudden it starts not running that good. It's not going to just blow up because you put a header on there. It it'll probably blow up because you mistimed the cams, and then it just you know drops a valve into the piston. Uh, but you, you know you, you, this is how you learn uh, to to just if you really want more performance, just uh, buy a different bike at that point. Because there's but you know I know guys that used to fix up XR four hundreds and all these other things, um, and then and being a guy that had access to all kinds of parts and can still get a lot of stuff for free. I leave most of my bike stock. I switch the bike to get the performance that I want as opposed to trying to turn something into something that it's not. But like I said, in that process, yeah, you can, you can do all this stuff and it's, they're they're rarely just going to instantly blow up. I'm more concerned with the guys that, you know, pop up, uh, you know, an ECU on the, their ECU on their bike and the first thing they want to do is go rip it down the street and hold it wide open and they've never held it wide open before even with their stock one it's like you should have just held it wide open stock it's pretty impressive so if his goal is just to get more performance out of that bike that's okay to temp you know to do that and maybe expect to get some kind of performance change but if his goal is to do better in the racing 
I'd say he'd be a lot better off learning yeah, how well, to ride better and safer at jimmylewisoffroad.com. Oh, thanks, George. Yep. And he would probably be safer and f- speed would come along with that. Yeah. and, and Because you could take a DRZ out on one of those races and slay certainly the people in this room. Yeah. On, you know, performance. If we were all on performance bikes, you could probably yeah, it's, jump it's, on one with not, not sprung for you. It's and, not about, yeah, it's, it's again, it's, you know, up to a certain level, it's not really about the, about the bike. But in, in modifying it, you know, if you're doing one thing at a time and you notice, and he said, hey, I'm going to jet it. I'm going to change the jetting and stuff. And a lot of times, yeah, the header will make a, 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 a difference in the in the jetting. The muffler more so, but the header, yeah, some. I mean, I remember when we used to go from a standard muffler to, like, the FMF Megabomb, you always had to kind of increase the pilot jet size or at least mess around with the fuel screw uh, to get it a four-stroke to run properly. Two-strokes, like, almost always, if you change the pipe to get it the work to work the best, you would also have to change the jetting. So this is just a normal... A normal thing and now with the fuel injection like this is getting to be a lost art because the fuel injection on you know kind of figures a lot of that out for you i mean on a lot of bikes it's still lean if you do stuff to make it if you do stuff that's going to allow it to lean out sometimes they can't compensate enough but uh do what you got to do so uh yeah cool glad ricky spilled the beans um if you want to do rally training uh reach out uh, didn't talk much about Nora, but that's coming up. That's going to make me pretty busy. But uh, I'm going to go look at white shit for the next couple of days, I think. I guess yeah. in the future, yeah. Little... How much more work do you have to do with Nora before it starts? Um, halfway. I mean, well, half the course is pretty much locked in. The other half, there's still some. I got some stuff I need to go explore. And You got to go down there again? Yep. Nine more days. I got nine more days to work on that for sure. So that's going to be an awesome course. Uh, there should have been a press release coming out kind of describing the course. I thought it was going to come out today. I don't know if it did, but it's going to be... I, I wish that I wasn't designing it so I could race it. That's how. Explain that's how the classes be. real quick. The classes at Nora. The, cl- the different... You know, there's like a sportsman and all that. Now, is, this, is the one class just you're going so, to go so ride it's, it? It's there's no real... Rally Pro which is an right. Iron, Ironman class. You know, they have to say this in Baja because, like, everywhere in the world, rally is one rider, one bike, does the whole event. There's no teams. But in, since it's Baja, it's Mexico. Mexico is a lot of team racing. So, so anyways, rally pro, one rider, one bike, pro. Rally sportsman, one rider, one bike, you ride the whole, you know, the pro, the only difference between pro and amateur as far as the course goes is we have some longer transfers and we're going to allow the amateurs to load their bikes up in a truck or a van or whatever and transport them if they want to, if they don't want to ride the transfers, transfers, just because it's a fun race, you know, for, for them. So then the classes Nora has is they have a vintage class. So vintage class can be team. And that bike has to be 1999 or older, any bike, 1999 or older. The, the, and then there's a 50 class and there's a 60 class, which can be teams and you can ride any bike in those. And, and the, the rally classes, the, the rally pro and rally, um, the amateur can ride any bike. There's no bike classes. So pretty simple, okay. pretty easy. Um, but yeah, you have to be old to be on a team like 50, you have to be 50 to be in a team or you have to be riding an old bike. So that's the, uh. That's the way it is. 
So if you have questions, uh, send me an email. So I think that I wait till I blow it up, then do a rebuild with everything. <laughs> Is that the don't the DRZ? It yeah, it's Asher Lido. That's he, he's uh, he's back from Bible study. He he has oh to, okay. He's he has to rush home from Bible study to to get to get his motorcycle questions answered. But uh, oh yeah, guys. Well, uh, I think uh, think that's it. I think we're gonna wrap this uh, this show up. Oh, we should you know we should do a commercial break. I'm gonna just run the run the ads. Why the they run the out? Didn't they? Huh? They ran out. I thought all those contracts expired. It makes the show better. Just watch our The ads. defending champion, the all-new Yamaha YZ450. Yeah, I left the mics hot, George. It's part of the show. Oh, okay, we can talk about Victor. Yeah, we like talk about Victor or all the other people. What else did I want to talk about? <laughs> Jim and I got maybe a new idea for some tours. Oh, really? What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. George is back as a cholo. You waited all through all those commercials just to see this. Yeah. Yeah, he can't, can't get button it. can't get it buttoned. His neck's too neck's too thick. You know they say there's a direct correlation between the thickness of your neck and your waist. Yeah. That's how I try in pants. It's, it's a, not your waist. It's thick. It's, yeah. 
It's, it's a, a correlation between the other neck. Brain, it's my brain cells. The other neck and head. So, okay, I, uh, I got a text. I have to go rescue a friend who has a broken car, evidently. I got to check in and see how if, that, if that's, uh, that's a problem. And then uh, the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame would like to donate some shoes out here in, uh, in Pahrump. What do they call those? Zapatas or pa- something? Zapatos? Zapatos. Yeah, the shoes. Yeah, they, they want to. But it's actually harder to give away shoes than you would think because everybody thinks you want something for it. And all they want to do is give away some shoes. So uh, the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame, that's, that's their You know what they should do? Take the shoes to noobs out there. There's those, <laughs> those cheap bastards will take whatever they can get. Right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? I'm, I'm actually doing demos out there again. Oh, you're going to go out? because I think I'm booked. Jim's, yeah. book, Jim's booked. Jeremy's going. He's bringing somebody, and I like to support Joel. I might go out there. You're just going to drive my ass out there. I'll probably start drinking by then. No, I'll be there before <laughs> then. I'll already be out there. I might drive you out there maybe. I don't know. Okay, so uh, everybody, thanks for uh, joining. Thanks for watching the show. Uh, Gronk says cheerio. That's a nice way to say uh, goodbye to everybody. Oh, I thought that was kind of the F you of down under. It might be. You never know. I don't. Oh no, I don't. that's Gronk. He's up over. Yeah, no, he's he's underground in Canada. Yeah. So okay. there's Victor. We're gonna be testing a few things, uh, mostly how well my skis carve powder. That's it. So with that, everybody, we will see you see out ya. on the trail. And we Cheers. do see people on the trail. Oh yeah, how to make this damn show end? <laughs> that's what they're all asking themselves. Oh. <laughs> I know. That that's, wasn't it. That was no, the, that was wow. it. There's, there's, there's a thing over here that I push. There's a button someplace. The, the best part is if you got to watch it live, um, you're good because this show is going to take a long time to get put up on the uh, internets, and I From can't the find ski slopes. I can't find the end. Here's the outro right there. There we go. Cheers, everybody. See you. If you liked what you saw in this video. Come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully, we'll see you out in the trail.